probably the best place to start is a little background. Um, so why don't you, you know, sort of introduce yourself and um, tell me a little bit about your flooring experience. How long have you been in the flooring business? So I have been in the flooring business since 1998. And um, I'm originally from, yeah, I've been at it a while. Um, (laughs) I orig- I'm originally from Illinois, and um, I worked in Illinois until 2016 when my husband's job moved us to South Carolina. So um, I've been with the same company um, ever since we moved here. Um, I work with, at Outlook Flooring, and I've been with them ever since we moved here. So I've seen lots of products come and go, and, you know, it's just been a it's 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 just one of those things. Once you're in, you're in, you know. And I kind of said when I moved to the Carolinas, I was going to do something different, and here I am, right? Oh, did you you really thought about trying to do something a little different, and then you just got back into the flooring? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. What? So what was your what was your dream? What was what was Jeannie going to do when she grew up? If I if I wouldn't have landed, so weird background. My educational background is not. Um, anything to do with what I do now. So I actually worked for Honeywell um, as an application specialist for them in their electromechanical switches and solid state sensors division. So weird background that I started out there and quickly realized I do not want to do this, right? I don't want to do this the rest of my life. And um, so I worked there for a while. And then um, after that was, I went to flooring and then I've just been in flooring ever since. And so if you had your dream job, what would it be? I would work at a horse farm. Horse farm. So you love horses? I would, I do. And I would do something like that. Uh, That sounds like uh, therapeutic writing or something like that. You know, if only, if only it paid more. Yeah, old oh, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a, a my sister's big into horses. All while we were growing up, had her own horse. Uh, she had I wouldn't call it a horse farm. It was she had about four and a half acres and had a couple horses roaming around there. And then her kids got to be you know eight, five, and four, and she decided that horses were a little bit too much work at that time. So I guess her kids are getting a little bigger now. She's probably interested in um jumping back in the horse farm business i, I think uh i think that would make her happy i, I wouldn't ex- I, I wouldn't be surprised if she did that in the next couple of years yeah yeah people that are into it are really you know really into it it's really uh it's a really cool environment to be around I, my my grandfather was uh raced um car, uh, cart horses in upstate okay. new york so i used to i grew up going to the cart races it was awesome Good old Batavia Downs. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it was enjoyable. Well, I, I sold my horse when we moved here, and so I haven't had one since we've been down here. And I I miss it and would love to be involved at some point in time, but just, just not now. So I'm sure you'll make your way back there. I'm sure you'll make your way back. So um, back to flooring. So tell me a little bit about your role at Outlook. Okay, so we have three stores, and I manage um, the Gastonia, North Carolina store. 
So at the same time as managing the store, I also sell. You know, I have my existing accounts that I've I've had since I've worked at Outlook, and um, mm-hmm. we are we are more. We probably are about 60% new construction, 40% retail. And um, all of my new construction accounts, I'm, I still service them. And then I'm also meeting with the reps and deciding what's going to be in the showroom or not in the showroom. And um, just the whole, you know, just kind of taking care of the employees and things like that. So so that 60%, is that company-wide your 60% new construction or is that your yep, personal client company- base? Company-wide, 60%, and I would huh. say my store, I'm 80-20. 80 new construction? Yep. Wow, so you guys are you guys are doing well, um, well with that then. Uh, our business yeah. here in Raleigh, we were 0% new construction and 100% <laughs> retail. We, uh, <laughs> we hadn't been around long enough, I don't think, to uh, tap into that new construction market, at least from uh, you know, a retail flooring standpoint. Um, right. But uh, I imagine that's pretty good business. Do they squeeze you a ton on your margins? I mean, is there still money to be made there? No, no. I'll tell you, um, we don't work with anybody like like the large production builders. We work mm-hmm. mainly with our target market is a builder who builds 50 homes a year or less. And we try to keep, you know, more in the custom to semi-custom builders. And so I think your my my margins are um, I think good. I mean, compared to maybe retail, I don't know what y'all are kind of running on your retail. I think but, uh, you know, as I, I talk mean, to flooring I'm, companies across the country, it's usually falling in that forty percent range. Right for retail, so I'm averaging thirty five on new construction. That's great if you got consistent so repeat business because you think if if you think about it, yeah. if you take the amount of time, energy, and marketing dollars that it takes to generate one retail lead um, at 40% margin versus a repeat buyer at a 35% margin, I can promise you you're more profitable than the retail location. Yeah. So, you know, it's good business. And and I I have found that every one of my accounts just says it's really all about service. So they're willing to pay the price that we are quoting them as long as they're not having to deal with anything, you know, on the flooring end. And so, you know, some of them have, I've got one builder, my best account, honestly, who has, I have set them up with their own showroom. They want to be responsible for their customers making their own selections with them, but Uh all the other ones come in here and I meet with them all. So I spend on my best account, I spend the least amount of time. I'm making the most money on an account I spend the least amount of time with. You know, I nurture the account and service that account. And that is my best account. And so the builder will send customers that are in the decision-making process into your facility, your showroom to make selections. That's it. Some of my accounts do. My biggest account does not. I've set them up their own showroom in there. Oh, they have their own showroom on site. So you drive Mm -hmm. out to their their Mm -hmm. spot and show them there. Okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. They basically uh, send me... Yeah, they're basically sending me a floor plan and selections, and I'm entering the order and making sure everything, I measure the jobs, make sure everything's entered into our system on our side, get all uh-huh. the purchase orders created, and then it goes to our scheduling, purchasing department, they purchase it all, goes to scheduling, they schedule it all, and just to make sure I'm the liaison, basically, to answer any questions in between, yeah. so. That sounds yeah. like, um, that sounds like great business, actually. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like the I like the sound of that. I mean, because you know, when when you're in retail, as I guess you still have at least twenty percent of that. When you're in retail, every customer is like a whole brand new animal, and you never know what you're gonna get. You know, you get the nice yeah. ones, you get the not nice ones, you get the sane ones, you get the crazy ones. Um, at, at our place, we seem to get more of the crazy ones than than anything. But you know that uh, that's always fun to deal with. Um, as far as, so are you actively still as part of your role, um, developing new builder accounts? Yes, constantly. I mean, I think that's something that's just always in the back of my mind. Um, I just got a new account this past week. I'm super excited about it. I measured the house today. Congratulations. I measured the house for him today. Thank you. I'm excited. Awesome. And, um, so we'll see how this one goes. It's a big house. And so it'll be a nice order and, um, We'll see what happens, but this is one where um, the builder's wife um, mm -hmm. works with the client to make decisions, and um, so I won't have to do that again. And which is just it's just wonderful when it works out like that. Um, sure. And they build more. We have three stores, uh, the Rock Hill location. They build closer to most of their houses. They're building are down there, so we have a we have a um, in-store designer. Um, in the Rock Hill store that mm -hmm. um, she'll be meeting with. And so I really probably won't see them. I'm just, I'll just be servicing that account, you know, so managing the account, making sure they're happy. Yep. So mm -hmm. do they, when you, um, I say land an account, I don't know that I'm sure they don't sign like a contract necessarily, but what, um, when they do decide to give you a shot, is it they're giving you a shot and you better knock it out of the park the first one or two or, are they usually kind of giving you a more lengthy like commitment? Yeah, there's no actual commitment. I mean, I feel like you earn the business and then you work to keep the business. And so I will call on a new builder and basically just say, introduce myself and just say, Hey, I just wanted to, you know, let you know who I am, what we do here at Outlook Flooring. I don't know, you know, who you're currently using for your flooring. They'll usually tell me. And um, I'll say, well, is there an opportunity for me to put a price on something for you? And they'll either tell me at that point in time, you know what, we've been using so-and-so, we're happy. And I always honor that because I want my clients, I want my accounts to say yeah, the same you, thing you don't want me. someone so, coaching you, I'm, right? You're, you're trying to find a right, crack in the armor. That's right. So, you know, once in a while you get lucky and who, they're, who they've been using has messed up a few times in a row and let them down or whatever it is, you know, it's the stars line up and they give you a shot, right? Yeah, so I true. never kind of go in super low because I want my, I kind of let my expectation be what it is. So I, you know, I want to make some money at it. I'm paid on a yeah. commission as well. And so I feel like I kind of want to give them a pretty decent price going in, but I don't want to like just lowball it to get that one order because I don't want to work going forward for a really low margin where I'm not making much money. Right. So well, it's a lot easier to go be, down in the future than it is to go up <laughs> True that. If it would ever happen, which it never does, but yeah. right, exactly. I mean, with price increases every time you turn around, but um, you know, it's just, um, I try to be fair and put it where I think they're going to be happy and I'm going to be happy. Yeah, it's funny you say that. We've had two price increases in the last six months, which you know are pretty much industry wide, and um, yeah. and the market's taking it. I mean, we're not. It hadn't seemed to slow or affect our sales, and it just one. You know, kind of wonder like, huh? Like, man, it would be nice if one of these times 
this price increase actually put more money in our pocket because really all we're doing is yeah. it's a price increase just to pay more for the darn floors or shipping or whatever. Right. Right. It's, it's frustrating. I mean, we, we were a Mohawk Align dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, um, we had a Mohawk increase at the beginning of the year and we just got another one. I mean, within, within a two month period, we had two price increases and it, it's frustrating. You know, I guess the only good thing is your competition is probably getting smacked with, with at least one of those, probably both of those as well. So um, you know, at the very least, when a customer goes from one shop to the next, they're going to end up, you know, with more or less the same thing as they would have had. But yeah, it would be nice if, uh, aside from making our job more difficult, we could at least make more money with these price increases. Right, right. So, um, in your location, in terms of products and offerings of products, how many do you know roughly? about how many products that you guys have and across all your lines and um, are there, do you end up dialing in on a few products that are sort of your favorite tried and true, you know, go-to floors to yeah. steer people towards yeah. or how, how does that work for you? Yeah, for me personally, um, we have some consistency throughout our three locations, but at the same time uh, we have some things where, each of us like our own little things and we and so we're not 100% the same in all three stores and so I think every salesperson has their level of comfort with their go-to products and they all mm-hmm. do it I, I do it I've always done it I I still do it and isn't I that mean, funny why, how we do that and like you know there's no rhyme or reason sometimes so why we came up with these things you know I I know and I, I guess because, you know, like, I don't know what it is. You, 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 I've installed a lot of it. I've never had trouble with it. You know, I've not ever had a claim. The price seems, you know, workable. People, people accept the price. It's got great colors. I don't know, but it, you just get your little comfort products and you do kind of show them first. It, you know, there's other things you can always show if they don't like it, but I do kind of go to my go-tos and yeah. So I don't know, you know, honestly, it's a great question, David. I don't know how many different lines of stuff we have in here, but it's a full, it's full, full everything. I mean, we've got engineered wood, solid wood, luxury vinyl planking, sheet vinyl, carpet, tile, backsplash products, you know, all of it. So, yeah. Yeah, So do you, um, so you have probably, a bunch of different manufacturers. I guess if you're, you're, you actually have more than just even like LVP or just carpet, you, you've got tile and some backsplash products. So you probably have a little bit of everything from different uh, manufacturers or yeah. is there some overlap yeah. there? Yeah, uh, a little bit of everything from a lot of, you know, the door, there's always somebody popping in here, pet peeve of mine, by the way, a rep without an appointment. Oh, but anyway hey all but reps anyway, out there who are listening to this podcast schedule a freaking appointment would you uh reps popping in um you know like they're cold calling which i understand they're trying to make a living too so i always try to be very gracious to them but it is a pet yeah. peeve of mine but anyway um you know they'll be just the guys that kind of have this little one-off line or something like that i rarely bring it in um mm-hmm. I will bring in somebody who comes from a little bigger company that I know that if I have a problem, I got a company that's going to try to back their product. That's where I'm always afraid of these little onesie twosie things. So I rarely will do that, but um, I'm not 
a fan of a race to the bottom when it comes to pricing. And when these guys come in and they've got this little cheap LVP or whatever, um, I, I always say, listen, I'm, I'm not interested. I appreciate you coming in. It's not going to do you any good to bring a product in here that I'm not going to sell. So I can tell you right now, I'm just not interested in this at this time. Is there there a way that you go about, obviously LVP is hot right now. And that was one of the, um, precursors to our conversation here in this podcast today. So I definitely want to go into that a little bit more because you had some very strong uh, feelings about it. And I'm, I'm very interested to um, hear your thoughts on that. But when the um, when the reps come in and they're showing you these products, whether or not it's a company you've heard of before or not, is there a certain um, process that you go through to sort of take a quick look and see whether or not that's something you think is quality or, or may, might fit in your product line with a different coloring or variation that um, you think your customers might like? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably it more than anything. I, I kind of look at, look at the product. I'm always interested in the technical side of it. I mean, that's just probably my background, right? I want to know how thick it is. I want to know about the mm-hmm. pad. I want to know about the wear layer. I want to know about the warranty. I want to know about, all of that. And then if the colors are good, okay, fine. We're getting closer. Tell me the price. Okay. We're in the ballpark. But again, I, I'm very careful of these little small, like independent reps who are just repping for a company and it's not the actual company coming to me. It's an independent rep. And I just, I really um, care that I'm going to get taken care of if I have a problem. You know, and so there's where my there's where I'll draw a lot line in the sand a little bit. Just you know, so I, I don't know if that answered your question. I yeah, I, no, it answered my question perfectly. I, I, honestly, I mean, that, and we we go through the same thing because at the end of the day, um, you need to know that if your client has an issue, that the company who gave you this floor is going to stand behind you, and if it's some you know mom and pop or one stop you know, dude just comes by with a, you know, some LVP out of his windowless van. You don't know if that guy's going to circle back around again or just sell his shipment and disappear. Like, you know, it's, it puts you in an uneasy position and I'm sure that you, you know, don't want to be in that position. It's, that's exactly a hundred percent correct because unfortunately in this business, the longer you're in it, you'll know that you are going to have claims and products are going to fail and it, in independent inspectors are going to be called in and it you're, you're sitting there just waiting to see what they say. And when they um, say it's product related, then all of a sudden the company's sending in their own independent rep and you're just, you're just waiting. And in the meantime, nobody's getting paid, you know, oh, the customer yeah. doesn't want to pay and, and you're not getting paid and the salespeople aren't getting paid. And it's just, you know, I just like, those little bit more established companies to work with just because I feel uh, a little more secure that if I do get into a situation like that, I'm going to have some backing. So, yeah, I know a thing or two about not getting paid. I think we've got like seven, eight, nine jobs. I bet I got $40,000 outstanding right now. And in uh, collectibles that, you know, I had one client, they're holding $5,000 while we're waiting for a transition piece to come in a $25 transition piece. And that's worth $5,000. Meanwhile, I've bought the floors. I've done paid my installers. I'm, you know, my, my bank accounts light. And then, and then who knows what happens when I finally get this piece, you know, all of a sudden they're going to start dry, you know, cause they're holding on to the five grand. They're, they've got their floor. They've been enjoying their floors for a month and a half. 
I have not been enjoying my money for the last month and a half. I can tell you that. Exactly. (laughs) I'll tell you what, in a situation like that, and we've had them too. Um, I had one recently. It was a a job where it was a $8,000 luxury vinyl plank job. We got in there to do it. The installers are saying there's a big hump in the concrete. It was a lower level, big hump in the concrete. We can't go over it. We need to get this ground down. And the guy that I was doing it for happened to work in the concrete business. So we had started the install and then waited for him to finally get his guys to come in and grind that hump down. Mm -hmm. And then we waited for them to go on vacation and we waited for them to get back and we waited and we waited. And then honestly, it was probably two months. We finally, they finally said, okay, we're ready for you to come back and finish the install. And then once we came back and finished the install, I played phone tag and email tag with this woman. She was just putting me off for probably about a month. And at that point in time, I was getting less than kind. And I mean, seriously, sometimes you have to do it. And I just sent my final message was, was our terms, we, this is, we are not a finance company. Our terms are 50% deposit, balance due upon completion. Your job has been done now for a month. You are, you owe us this money. We will start adding some finance charges. And believe me, I got paid, but I had to, I had to go after her, you know, a dozen times. It's ridiculous. People, once they have their floor, you know, all of a sudden they, they're conveniently on a Oh, you're less of a priority. Yeah. You were a priority when they wanted their floor three days before Christmas, but right. you're not a priority now. Right. Yeah. We, uh, right. I, we've taken to, uh, well, if we can't get this invoice paid, we're, we're going to be going down to the courthouse and filing a, a claim against it. Um, and that usually gets us paid pretty quickly, but it's, it's an ugly thing to have to say to somebody and you don't want to get in that position. And, and we're trying to, you know, take care of our customers and make sure they, you know, enjoy their experience here and all, and all that stuff. And we want referrals, obviously always an important part of a business, but at some point, yeah, you know, it's kind of about the money. I mean, we got to get paid. You can't just have these, you know, we got, we got bills to pay lights to keep on and employees that are working and families to feed yeah. and stuff. And, uh, yeah, sometimes it feels like the customers don't really understand or relate to that. So let's jump, um, jump over here to this LVP issue that we, you know, had a chance to talk about a little bit beforehand. Um, I'm again, I'm dying to know your thoughts. Um, you mentioned in our messages beforehand, um, you didn't care too much for the race to the bottom, which definitely seems like, uh, it's happening all across the country right now. It, the product is, caught fire. You know, we sell the majority of what we sell is luxury vinyl plank. And, um, you know, we've had good experience with it. Um, it sounds like you have uncovered some issues. So I'm interested, uh, what your issues have been and, and how you're going about handling those in the marketplace right now. Okay. So, um, you know, luxury vinyl plank is a great product. So I will, I will say, I mean, we sell a lot of it too. It is, probably as far as hard surface flooring goes, our number one selling product. Uh, Wood sales are just nearly non-existent anymore for us anyway. Um, Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's just taken the place of laminate sales and engineered wood sales. I never, I I don't do a lot of uh, three-quarter salad anymore, but I mean, 
for sure engineered wood. So, I mean, it's just taken the place of all of that. And every, I'm not kidding you when I say, unless a customer wants carpet, they all come in and they go, I want that waterproof floor. Yep. First thing out of their mouth. And so, you know, they're talking about luxury vinyl plank. And um, so we start down that road and we talk about the different products. And it's so funny because you can kind of tell if they've been in a home store, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever. You can tell if they've been there already, which most of them have. And what they've been, the misinformation is um, that they've been given from other salespeople is amusing to me. I enjoy it a little <laughs> bit, you know. And then you have to turn around and try to get them to believe what you're telling them is real. It's just part of the selling process. But anyway, you know, when it first came out, it was it was great. We were told um, this product can go over tile. You can put it over existing wood. You can put it in a three season room. You can, you know, it's indestructible. It's waterproof. It's it, 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 it's the best floor ever and will be the best floor ever. And then as time goes on, we realize we can't do lots of the things that they told us that we could do with it. Right. So I've had jobs that I put in over, over um, my worst one is I put it in over glue down wood on a slab, which we were told we could do in the beginning. And now mm -hmm. I am married to that job and we are to the point now where we will probably be replacing that job. So it's and coming. So, uh, so what happened? Up, it was on a slab. Did the did moisture come up through the, um, through the bot, through the we believe, slab? Yeah. We believe that um, when it had glue down wood on it, you know, the glue's your moisture barrier, basically, and right. and that slab was still able to just do what it needed to do. I mean, that it was a three it was a three eighths glue down wood. We mm -hmm. feel we haven't. We feel that that moisture is now not able to escape anymore. Yeah, it's getting trapped and, under. That's what, um, that's what I've been reading. It's trapped, correct. And so it has nowhere to go. And so what it's doing is causing these planks to to cup. They're, they're peaking where they come together, which causes the cupping. And in one room, I, it actually lifted up off the floor probably three inches around wow. um, a desk. And we've been out to this house like we have already replaced probably, I don't know, a couple hundred feet of this job, you know, over the course of the last few years. And um, oh, so this has been multiple I, years now it's been since you guys did the original installation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh. And we're at the point now where I think that I know it in my heart. Like I kind of know where we're at with it. And the owner of our company kind of is trying to become at peace knowing that really, truly this job needs to come out. It's not a proper installation. It's, we should have never done it. But at the time we were told we could, you know, and so I'm so frustrated by by that side of luxury vinyl where the the you know they come out and say oh you can do this and do that and do this and do that well then you do it but years down the road when things start to fail and we've all learned a lot about this product they're like oh yeah you, you shouldn't have done that well yeah we know it now but what about back then yeah. you know yeah I guess <laughs> so, you know that's it's um, tough when you know it's almost like a 
you know, a new medication comes out and you're like, yeah, this is the greatest medication. It's going to cure all your problems. Uh, well, it's not been around long enough to, you know, having gone through a couple of different cycles to figure out that, well, yeah, it's curing one thing, but it's causing this problem now that's even worse than the problem that you cured. So, uh, yeah, we see right. that, you know, in the in the medical field and, and you know, anytime you get a new product and, and this, you know, being the, the same for LVP, um, I'm, I'm sort of in, intrigued myself as to like, uh, you know, I haven't been in the business as long as you have, uh, but we, we installed quite a bit of this and, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of hold my breath sometimes and wonder, all right, when, when are they, when are the phone calls going to start coming? Right. So the, I, I think, you know, so just misinformation from the beginning, I think has been a struggle. And then secondly, like here, here in North, where we're at in North Carolina, and because we are so busy with new construction, it's absolutely impossible for a builder to get HVAC on by the time the flooring goes in. It will not happen. As a matter of fact, it won't, it, it won't happen because they won't give them a CO until the floors are in, okay? So we're setting ourselves up for failure on every job we install because this product, there's a couple products out there that say they don't require acclimation, but mm -hmm. their, their acclimation requirements are so tough to hit that really truly the, there's not a single luxury vinyl plank that should ever be installed in a new construction house in, in North Carolina. If you're having problems with your power like we are, and if your codes are saying what ours are. So it, it, it's a terrifying thing to me. I, I feel like every single job has an opportunity to fail. And that's what everybody wants. And every single job, really, truly, we're breaking the rule on. Yeah. So if you had to do hardwood, I mean, that needs to acclimate. So what would be the, what would be the difference in the process with a, with a hardwood? So, so engineered wood, um, historically, we'll call it, we'll call it, we're making decisions based on history here. So historically, yes, engineered hardwood should acclimate, but we've never been bit by it. So there's a sense of, you know, just peace that, okay, I, I know I'm going to get away with putting this engineered wood in with no acclimation. I've never had a problem with it. So there's not the fear. Now I have had problems with luxury vinyl not acclimating. You know, I've had problems where it won't go in. So the like an SPC or WBC or SPC. We don't. I don't have a WBC in here. I don't sell a WBC. I don't yeah, like it. I don't, I don't have it. Yeah. So no WPCs in my store, but it's an SPC and it was actually Pergo Extreme, which is supposed to be a really nice product, right? So new construction house. Uh, it was it was fall where it was getting cool at night, but it would warm up during the day. No HVAC on. Um, it went in this whole house. I think I had like about 3,500 feet of it. And the installer calls and he goes, he, he sends me a little video that when he's locking them together, that there was just that it just it wasn't tight. And it was he could you could run up and he could take a little knife and it would just cap into the side of the next plank it was just not clicking down tight and i'm going like oh my gosh what the heck so uh the, i called the rep he happens to be local he went and looked at it and he says let's just give it a try tomorrow so after sitting in that house overnight that stuff went in perfectly 
Hmm. So I don't know. Um, so you think we? You think it does need a little acclimation? It sounds like. To to the to the yeah. I mean, the HVAC was not on the house, but I guess it just sat in that house and it got warm enough during. But I don't know. It got warm enough throughout the day where when they started back at it, it was warmed up enough and it and it went in. But I mean, um, you know, I think the whole acclimation requirement is the biggest hurdle that I have with the product is just that every job I'm putting in, if something went wrong and I went back to the manufacturer and said, this job is doing X, Y, Z, he'd say the, the first thing out of their mouth is, did you let it acclimate? And I would say, no, I did not. And he'd say, that's your problem now, you know? So do you just change your process and say, and tell the builder, hey, I need to get these floors out there a couple of days early, or what are you thinking there? I haven't so far. And I feel like, I, I feel like I'm just, you know, it's like Russian roulette here. I feel like I'm just spinning that, spinning that barrel just waiting for the ball to drop I, that's that's my problem with luxury vinyl i i'm scared yeah. of every job that i sell you know that does if it's if it's going into a retail customer's house and i can control that acclimation believe me i'm going to deliver it i'm going to acclimate it and i'm going to do it right but i don't have the opportunity in new construction and that's 80 percent of my business and and so yeah. that, that's where i'm scared that's why i told like i told you before i have switched as much as I can, people to a 12 millimeter laminate. It doesn't have to acclimate. I think it's a great product. It's look, visually looking beautiful nice. these days. Price is perfect. It's, you know, I, I love the product. I'm just really, I think it's my fear of, of being stuck with a, you know, a $7,000 to $10,000 luxury vinyl plank job because I didn't acclimate it. And I, and I, if I could, I would, I don't have the opportunity to do it. And I don't, I just really, that's my biggest deal. So when you um, are talking to one of your builders and you say, Hey, why don't, why don't we think about this product? Cause I think it's going to be better. Da, 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 da. What kind of reception are you getting? Um, so I'll use my largest account to, to tell you that I had that story. I had that talk with them and they're like, well, you know, it's just everybody's asking for luxury vinyl. And so we are just probably going to stick with it. And they stuck with it. So I did find a product that says it doesn't have to acclimate. And I said, let's just, let's just use this product here. That way I, I do have a little bit of peace here. I'm using Tar Tarkit uh, new gen uh -huh. um, with that account. And it says right on the samples, it does not need acclimation. So it has taken that liability off of me and I feel a little better about it now um, with them. And so um, I'm trying, yeah. Well, so you, trying you had to a like chance to express your concerns and they made a grown up decision yep. to continue on with it. So yep. um, that's yep. not to say, as we all know in the um, construction business, that when something goes wrong, they're not, not going to still turn on and point their finger at you, but at least you can reference, hey, I tried. Right, right. Yeah. So um, other than that, you know what? I have luxury vinyl on my showroom floor in here on a large section of it. And um, as far as the product goes, I have to admit it 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 looks good. It it cleans good. It's 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 staying together. I have a 60 
pound dog in here with me that I play ball with throughout the day once in a while. And on purpose, I'm throwing that and making her slide on that luxury button. I'm trying to scratch it up and it's not, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, doing that's well. Nice. So I mean, the, the testimony there, you know, so it's doing well in here. Um, we built a house three years ago uh, with Lennar. You probably have Lennar up by you. Yep, They're a, they have a con contract with Shaw here. So I had a Shaw, uh, we came into our house kind of midway through. Um, it, I couldn't make changes to the flooring. And uh, there was a Shaw floor WPC specified for the house and I had to take it. And um, within a year, it was cupping. And um, it took about a year of fighting back and forth with the builder. Um, to acknowledge there was a problem and I got it, um, long story short, it's no longer there. <laughs> so I took it out of my own house um, and I put wood in. So um, I don't have it in my own house anymore, but I know it, you know, it's like I said, in here, it's, it's, it's hanging in there and doing well. So I'm happy to know that about it. But I still just feel better about laminate. And I can't, I don't know, David, do I have a great reason to tell you why? No, I mean, you've explained yourself. Yeah, you've definitely explained yourself. Um, I think uh, all our listeners will definitely relate and and incorporate that into their um, experiences and and then make a decision about how they want to play it from there, which is, which is all we can do is kind of present them with the information. So um, one last question for you. Um, you know, I'm always curious about this, um, you know, running a digital marketing agency and just, I love marketing. Um, I'm so happy to have ended up doing something that I really do enjoy. So you like horses, marketing is something I love. I do it all day, all night long. And um, I never feel like I'm working. So it's, it's fun for me to have these kind of conversations. Um, so in terms of the store that you're at and, and marketing and then how marketing and sales sort of work together. Um, do marketing and sales work together in your store? Is it separate department? Do you outsource that? And then what are your most reliable um, marketing sources? Obviously your business development and new construction is probably your biggest source, but um, in terms of retail or um, any other marketing and branding stuff that you guys do, um, what's your yeah, so plan for that? We have our own department. Uh, well, not I don't, I don't want to call it a department. We have a guy that works for us that does guy, the marketing, marketing guy. <laughs> the guy. And um, he focuses mainly on digital for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we like to, I'd say that we kind of like to put pictures of completed jobs on um facebook i think we have facebook instagram and twitter um mm -hmm. and um he kind of takes care of all that stuff he'll put jobs completed pictures of jobs he'll mention the salesperson he'll mention the location he'll mention um what the product was and he does that and then we also get co-op dollars through mohawk to tag into like their spring savings events or their Karistan month or, you know, whatever Mohawk's got going on at the same time. Again, like I said, we're in a line dealer with them. So mm -hmm. um, we'll do that type of a thing. Um, we actually do some radio advertising and um, 
we did billboards for a while, though they actually worked, believe it or not, quite well. And uh, uh, I believe it. The question is whether or not it worked for the amount of money that you were spending on it, or or more importantly, would something else work better? That's always the the billboards work. Yeah, commercials work. Radio works. The question is how much you got to spend to get a result. Right. So we had um, a lo it's just a little local radio pro uh, oh my dog went outside. Uh, a little a 60 pound local dog radio that sounded like a yeah, that sounded like a 15 pound dog not a 60 pound dog no she's a 60 pound i know she because that's her little mom i want to go that was like my hyundai them. horn when i when i'm driving down the road and i honk at somebody and i get a little beep you know like then people look in the mirror and they uh, i'm just driving a stupid I'll little hyundai I'll send you a picture of the, of my store mascot when we're all done. But, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 60 pounds. But anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, the, the marketing. So we it's a little local guy that it's a local radio station that um, came around with this little deal. It was very affordable. But because of high school sports not having, being able to have spectators, mm -hmm. they're uh, putting all these games on this this local radio station and so there's going to be a lot more listeners and um so he came around with this little thing where you get this um i think it was a 30 second little um mention you know they mm -hmm. kind of talk yeah. they, like my out. marketing guy worked with their marketing guy and came up yeah. with a little shout out on on this radio station so we've been doing that and i've had a couple people come in and say oh yeah i I was listening to my son's whatever game it was, and you know we heard heard your name and um, decided to come check you out. So I mean, we have had a couple hit, hits on it, and um, stop it, no, and um, so that's surprising to me in a way. But and it was only like four hundred dollars. It was really inexpensive, so it surprises me. I mean, if I write one job, I'll get that money back. So yeah, no big absolutely. deal. Is that um, yeah. a, a decision that falls under your purview or is there somebody else making the decision on what gets spent where? Yeah. So the marketing person is the one that is making those decisions. So he, this, this local guy actually came in here with his little promo and I sent it on to the marketing guy and let him decide whether he thought it was worth it or not. So yeah, I don't make any of those decisions, which is fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. As much as you like it, I don't. So <laughs> I do. I do. I, I, I don't know why. I just love it. Um, I'm working on a really cool uh, project for a guy in Sacramento right now. And um, he's having to do a, a rebrand uh, for his business. And so today, um, my my graphics team and I are working on we, we create a character um, for this for this business and and uh we gave him a personality and he's um gave him a you know image uh for the logo and everything and it just i don't know it's so much fun i like created this whole I backstory like for him I, I just a good time and, I, and then you know i also have the vision of okay once we have this all created um how are we gonna market this through all of our marketing channels in order to get like some buzz going and, and I just can, I can already see this guy um, kicking some big time branding, but so we're real excited about it. Excellent. Great. Cool. Well, that's, um, that covers all the questions I had and, and we've been on here. Wow. A good 50 minutes. Look at that. 
Um, so I <laughs> certainly appreciate you taking some time. I know you're busy and I hate to make you stay late for joining us, but uh, I do appreciate it. And hopefully the uh, flooring community as a whole will get some value out of you know what we had to share today. So I appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> Absolutely, it was my pleasure.